He was a Democratic governor who came out strong on the Me Too movement, condemning others who were reported to have mistreated women. The rise and fall of New York's Andrew Cuomo, finding himself under a cloud. Yesterday, after defending himself on allegations he mistreated women, the governor of New York has resigned. The investigations continue. But now there will be no impeachment trial. Even his own fellow Democrats said he needed to go. The chaos on the West Coast is much different as the wildfires continue to burn. Evacuations continue. Fire-friendly weather has returned. Meantime, Florida is on alert as tropical storms build and warnings are issued for Caribbean islands. Also in Florida, the Delta variant continues to strike hard. The Adventist cluster of hospitals in the state's center, counting six facilities beyond capacity. Staff in the mission control team of Advent Health is praying at the start of each shift. Christians everywhere find hope by turning to Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and you've joined me for a series called Christ in the Chaos. A fireman was recently telling our executive producer that when the wind meets a big fire, it becomes one hot hurricane. No matter how able a firefighter feels, when they see those conditions, they know it's time to go, and go quick. In a moment, we're going to talk with two people who had to run from the fire. First, we'll hear from a pastor in Oregon share about how a big fire just last year sent him and his congregation running. Uh, We had 17 families that lost their homes, and uh, we had uh, a member of our church who was the only fatality in the fire. It was called the Holiday Farm Fire, and uh, of course, our valley had never seen anything like that. We'll hear more from Pastor Dick Roberts in a few minutes, and we'll also meet up with a Canadian, Deb Heller. Deb and her husband live in British Columbia. And they've had firsthand experience with the flames that have been raging in their province. She testifies that God is good, even in the midst of chaos and disaster. But before we hear from them, I think we need to be reminded that even in the chaos, God is still with his people. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us nor forsake us. A prayer that you and I can pray and know that our Lord will answer. These are the words from 1 Kings 8.57, and they helped inspire Jay Stalker to write the song we're opening with here on this Wednesday, Haven Today.
piano instrumental called Never Alone, inspired by Bible passages like 1 Kings 8.57. It's from Jay Stalker's album, Quietly. You may remember Jay as the man behind the scripture lullabies. And in this chaotic time, it's necessary. In fact, we must slow down and wait on the Lord. Sometimes life is so loud that we have to look for the quiet, the slower times to seek our Savior. Jay Stalker's Quietly will help you to do this. After the program is over, I'd like to send it to you for your gift to help support our ministry. Our number to call after the program is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, listen to some of the samples we have from the album there, and then you can make your gift and ask for Quietly, a piano album by Jay Stalker at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Well, we've been talking about the fires. We've been talking about COVID and the Delta variant. There's chaos all around us, and it can come in the form of stress or whatever. Well, on the line with us is a pastor from Oregon. He's a friend of mine. Dick Roberts is his name. He's been the pastor for, Dick, how many years were you pastoring at McKenzie Bible Fellowship? Uh, we, we've been there 32 years, Charles. Only 32 years. Well, <laughs> yeah. you, you have me beat by a decade at uh, Haven Ministries. Um, uh, you're still young. <laughs> so you say. <laughs> Dick, um, you got COVID. Your wife got COVID, Christy. Uh, but I want to talk about last year when the fires came to visit you there along the McKenzie River. You'd never had fires like this uh, in a in a in a church outside Eugene, Oregon. Just tell me, uh, how did it affect your church? Well, in uh, just about a year ago, it was actually September eighth. We got some really high winds and high temperatures and dry conditions, and we'd heard that there was a small fire starting up there, but we didn't think a lot about it. But then. Uh, about 12.30 in the morning, we got an alert on our cell phone that we had a, what they call a level three evacuation. And level three is don't wait to pack, but go immediately. And uh, we, as long as well as actually uh, the majority of the, the valley there, evacuated to the west uh, to the area of Eugene and Springfield. And uh, the winds were blowing probably 40, maybe 50 miles an hour, and they were blowing to the west. So the fire started about 20 miles east of us. And when we got the evacuation warning, we thought, well, you know, we'll be back. We'll be back in the morning and everything will be fine. But little did we realize that that fire would travel about a 25 or 20 to 25 mile stretch of the valley. And it ended up burning about uh, 700 structures, which included 400 homes. And uh, so our church family, within our church family, uh, we had 17 families that lost their homes. And uh, we had uh, a member of our church who was the only fatality in the fire. It was called the Holiday Farm Fire. And, Mm. of course, our valley had never seen anything like that. So Mm. Mm. um, we were evacuated for three weeks, uh, which meant no one could travel up there. The road was closed. Little by little, firemen from the area that were up there watching uh, the, and putting out what was left of the fires, little by little, we could feed them addresses and they would come back and let us know whether the home was there or whether it wasn't. So, And I'll remember the time when we talked afterwards when you got to go back and discovered that the church had survived 
and your house next to the church had also survived. But let's talk about the spiritual. Um, you actually had church when you couldn't go to church, and we're not talking COVID here. A neighboring church that was in the safe area allowed you to meet with your people and minister to them. Uh, how'd you see the Lord's hand in all of this? Well, uh, there were there were two churches in the Eugene Springfield area that uh, uh, opened their doors to us. So they allowed us to meet in their auditorium, and uh, so we had an initial gathering there of our church families and it was a real um it was a time of prayer and just uh grieving uh some had known their homes were gone and some had not yet learned that they were gone and so it gave us an opportunity just to come together and pray to encourage one another to bear one another's burdens to weep together it actually was really probably one of the most important church meetings we've ever had so the Lord really used those things to really bring a sense of um, calmness and uh, hope uh, while we were surrounded by homes that uh, burned down. Uh, the Lord protected uh, our home and uh, also the, the, the church building as well, which became for us and a lot of families whose homes survived. You have kind of a survivor's guilt. You know, you want to rejoice in that the Lord you know, preserved your home. But at the same time, you felt bad because, you know, you're you're rejoicing while others are grieving the loss of their home. So the Lord just really used that to allow us to, you, you know, to kind of sense uh, a feeling. We had just, just for a few hours, we were under the impression that our home was gone too. Mm. And so you know, the, the Lord, I think, allowed that to give us that empathy with those that I mean, we didn't lose what they lost, and so we can't really experience the grief that they had. But for just a short time, you know, the Lord allows us to get a, to get a sense of uh, what some of them were going through. Mm. Dick, that was great. Thank you. Well, thank you, Charles. Now, let's go north from Oregon to Canada. Deb Heller and her husband are residents of Vancouver, but they have a vacation home in south-central British Columbia. Deb, thanks for joining me and sharing your story with us. You have on-the-ground experience with the fires burning on Canada's west coast. Tell me what you're praying after you had to evacuate. Thanks for inviting me, Charles. Um, it's been a real privilege for us to... Uh walk through this uh, crisis with our community and the praying um, is part of a broader context of uh, my husband and I having prayed strategically for our community there for for decades now and the prayer right now is focused on God continuing to to build the cohesiveness of our community which I see him doing through this crisis and I'm seeing many answers to prayer. It's been spectacular. In the week that we remained while we were un under evacuation alert, God has shown himself incredibly faithful. Beyond uh, just believing in him theoretically, according to theological belief or hopeful prayers, I've seen that we really do serve a powerful God who shows up and reveals himself in mighty ways to save particularly in the midst of our extremity. 
uh, when we're pushed to our own limits. Mm. So that's some of what's been coming to my heart mm. during crisis. Is there a certain verse of scripture or a passage that you've kind of been returning to uh, after you had to evacuate? Yeah. Um, one verse of scripture that came to mind during um, the week that I was there that has been a tremendous blessing and continues after the evacuation is Psalm 73, 26. Mm. Very strongly to mind. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Mm. I've seen that played out so powerfully for us. Um, Another uh, passage of scripture that was spoken on a couple of months ago by uh, the leader of our women's ministry was uh, she spoke on Luke 12. Um, Her and her husband come from Australia, which is another very fire-prone country. Mm -hmm. And in her unpacking her teaching on Christ having taken the fire of God's judgment for us, she pointed out that the safest place to stand in a fire is on ground that has already been burned. Mm. And I heard that a couple of months prior to this crisis, and it really struck me, and that has stayed with me since then. And it's something that I continue to pray into for our community. My prayer as well is that my community will not just look to the natural resources that are being brought in from communities across the country, but to really see tremendous answers to prayer. Um, My community is blessed by knowing that there are many faith communities and friends that are praying for our community and really appreciate it. And they're able to look back on answers to prayer that they have seen occur as my husband and I have prayed for various friends and neighbors, and that the glory really will go to Christ as they see him having been their provision throughout this time. Well put. Thank you, my sister in the Lord, Deb Heller, who did make it out, but uh, your house is still in peril and a lot of other properties too in your part of British Columbia. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. This is Haven Today, in a program called Christ in the Chaos. Even though it seems like the whole province is on fire around her, Deb remains confident in her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Comforting words from Psalm 73, especially in the midst of chaos like we're experiencing now. It seems that every year, at least the past few years, the western half of North America catches fire. And this year especially, the ferocity of the flames has taken us by surprise, starting a month sooner than normal. The fiery chaos reminds me of another chaotic event, now almost 32 years old. Do you remember where you were when it happened? Maybe you watched it unfold on TV. I was listening to the radio driving in my car that night. Maybe you were one of the 60,000 fans in attendance that night. October 17, 1989. An earthquake striking San Francisco just before the third game of the World Series. The 10-day delay caused by this natural disaster was the only time in the history of a World Series that it was interrupted by something other than severe weather. One of the umpires preparing to officiate the game described it, saying, I saw the field at Candlestick Park ripple like an ocean wave. 
We were sitting around the dressing room, preparing to work a World Series game. All of a sudden, we heard a loud roar that sounded like a locomotive. Not knowing if the walls were going to come crumbling down, the safest place was on the field. The World Series stopper was a 7.1 on the Richter scale. Those watching the ABC sports broadcast or on CBS radio heard an announcer say there's an earth before his picture was replaced by black nothingness and static. Property damage numbered in the billions. But worst of all, 67 people lost their lives that night in the Bay Area. 42 casualties occurred when the top level of a bridge collapsed, crushing those on the bottom level. This is one of those events that people don't forget. You and I can only shake our heads at the horrific thought of nearly 70 dying in a natural disaster without warning. And as devastating as this World Series earthquake was, it was far from the worst thing San Francisco has ever endured. 83 years earlier, in the sleepy hours of an April morning, the northern California ground shook. The 1906 San Francisco earthquake was even more powerful and deadly than its 1989 cousin. This 7.9 jolt led to the loss of as much as 80% of the city. Fires started by the quake added to the official death toll, which is estimated at over 3,000. Nowadays, you and I can look around and we can see disaster after disaster. I can't remember another time with so many droughts, fires, and floods all happening in the same season. Throw in the recent COVID surge, and it all seems overwhelming, doesn't it? Well, can I just get real with you for a moment? These are the types of things that make me pause. Perhaps that's not so shocking to you, because I suspect you feel the same way. Does this mean we have no hope? Should you and I stop looking for comfort? No, this world is more than just a cold, dead, fearful place. Creation is corrupted and fallen. We certainly can't deny that. But we do know, if you're a Christian, who holds creation in his hands. Stop with me and think about that for a moment. You and I are the children of the one who created and sustains all things. But what does that mean? Let me put it another way. Is this something we can only tell ourselves in the moments when everything is going well? Does it mean anything when everything around us is falling apart and chaos is at our doorstep? The Bible gives a very clear answer. This is the only comfort that you and I can have in chaos. I can tell you that until I'm blue in the face. But instead, let's look at God's Word. Let His Word speak for itself. I'm sure there are passages of Scripture that have spoken to you at hard times in your life. You're probably thinking of one or two right now. Here's one that's been of great comfort to me in the past, Psalm 77. This is one of those psalms that was not written by King David. Instead, a man named Asaph penned these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Deb Heller mentioned another one of Asaph's psalms, Psalm 73, as a passage that has sustained her through her time of trial. And much like Psalm 73... If we turn to Psalm 77, expecting a happy, clappy song, we're going to just be disappointed. Asaph was going through something terrible. We don't know what it was. That's often the way the Psalms go. You and I don't know what was causing so much pain for Asaph, but we know the suffering was intense. He even asks if God will forsake his people and forget his promises. Listen to these questions in verses 7 through 9. Will the Lord reject forever? 
Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Have you ever asked questions like that? I suspect most Christians have at some point in their lives. This world really beats us up sometimes. But Asaph doesn't end his psalm there. No, he remembers who God is because he remembers what God has done. Yahweh redeemed his people from Egypt. The Lord remembered his promises. And at the end of Psalm 77, Asaph sings these words, Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. Could the children of Israel see the feet of their Lord and Savior as he led them through the Red Sea? No, just like you. And I can't see his feet today as he leads us through this chaos. But our God delivered his people then, and he's still delivering his people today, even in chaos, even when we're suffering, wondering, and maybe even having our doubts. Christ is still here with us. Jesus is our Savior no matter what. Here at Haven Today, we love to tell the great story that's all about Jesus. And this story is true whether life is calm or whether chaotic. Are we assured that we will never experience chaos, pain, and loss? No. In fact, Jesus told us in John 16 that in this world we will have trouble. But he added something else. Take heart. I have overcome the world. That's the grace of God. And it comes to us in Jesus Christ. What a God we serve. What a Savior. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and a program called Christ in the Chaos. Lamentations 3 and Habakkuk 2, some of the scripture passages that Jay Stalker was contemplating when he wrote that song, Ever Faithful, for his Quietly album. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes in the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Our world is chaotic, but we know our Lord reigns, even in the chaos. And as you reflect on that, why not let this album calm your heart? Still, your soul, as you seek our God in reading God's word and in prayer, music can minister to your heart in special and even surprising ways. I can say from experience that this album will help you in your quiet time with the Lord. And with key scriptures given for each and every song, it'll be one of the best Bible studies you've had in a very long time. I think that's something we all need right now as we look around us. Would you call us right now and ask for quietly 
a piano album from the creator of Scripture Lullabies. And for your gift to Haven Today, we'll send it to you right away. Our number you can call is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, listen to samples of all the songs, and download the free PDF with all the verses the songs are based on. And then you can make your gift and ask for quietly at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? And again, we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. These words are from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians. You know, Paul really did consider his life before he met Jesus as another life altogether. It was as though the person he once was had died and a new man had been born in his body. The Apostle Paul was all in, wholeheartedly living for Christ. But that maturity didn't appear overnight, even to him. There were many years between the day he met Jesus and when his active ministry began. He needed time to grow in Christ and to grow in the Word. Invest in your walk through daily time in God's Word. Try out Anchor Devotional at GetAnchor.com.